go. It's Time's Yours. I'm Spike with Lee Russikoff. Lee, before you say anything, first important question. Last night, um, as you were watching and as you sat down to watch the Eagles and the Giants, um, and I don't ask you this because... um, because you wish ill upon Banner or Reed or anything, but just as a fan, were you hoping for a loss to end misery um, last night? Or once the Giants game started, once it became a reality, were you hoping that they'd win to at least make next week more interesting? Yeah, no, I want to... If they lose this game last night, then the season's over and Sundays don't mean anything. So, you know... I'm just like every other Eagles fan. I don't. I, I hate being teased, but I kind of. I kind of like it. You know, like we, what are we getting from this team? We, no one really expects it to bounce back like it did in that the Bengals tie year, but that year happened, so it's it's now a definite possibility. And that's as much as we want to discount this team, you can't when you know what's been in its history. Yeah. Well, the. Uh, I mean, we pretty much agree that the only way they're making the playoffs is winning. Uh, I mean, they'd have to win seven straight, right? I mean, they'd have to go ten and six. I think they could go nine and seven and win the division. Still, um, it would it would take a little bit of a it would take a few Cowboys losses to some bad teams, basically. But it still it still could definitely happen. Uh, look, the NFC, the NFC East is terrible. All these teams are terrible. So for to expect both the Giants and and the Cowboys to only win three games from here on out. That's certainly there. They just have to go three and four from here. So, yeah, I right? guess that's yeah, three, yeah, three, yeah. They're they're both. Three. Well, the what are no, the um yeah they're, they're six and four. yeah they're both six and four. So they both right. have to go well three and three. Yeah, which right, is three. yeah, which is totally doable. So then, especially with the Giants' schedule, yeah, yeah, with the Giants' schedule and with uh, like you said, neither of them being particularly good, which which leads you back to the problem with the Eagles also not being particularly good and going right going All six this and one. They have to go six and one, and the key to that also the other point that we have to make is obviously we have to win the Cowboys game, but they have to win. They can their their loss has to be to an AFC team for all the tiebreaker reasons. And that's why the Cardinals loss really hurt them, because if they had won that Cardinals game, they would have been in great shape with all the tiebreakers and obviously only a game back. Now they're two games back and still in pretty good shape, but not as in, not as great as they would have been. Because first tiebreakers head-to-head, which they'll, um, you know, which you figure the Giants at worst, they're going to be one at, well, the Giants will be one and one, and the Cowboys at worst will be one and one. But then, it'll, then it's division record and then conference record, right? Right, okay. right. And they're three and one in the division, so yeah. Yeah, they are. But the, and the Cowboys are, I think, two and one or three and one too. So that it it, it just it, the Cardinals. I'm I'm already looking ahead, and I, I'm silly because that's that's how they get you every time. Right. <laughs> it's all premised on the Eagles going six and one with their lone loss being to either to New England or Miami. So yeah. yeah, I mean, what are the odds of that? Yeah, well, they or the Jets, right? Right, or the Jets, yeah. or the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly we get sucked back in. It seemed like it was. <laughs> It was necessary for them to win last night for this to happen. This couldn't go down. It couldn't go down that easily. We couldn't be relieved of this responsibility and this pressure that easily with them losing last night. Um, So then last night, um, and I I guess it's a little both, but um, more Eagles coming together and playing well or Giants just not being particularly good? I, you know, you got to give the defense credit. The def- uh, the Giants weren't particularly good. They weren't sharp. They were dropping balls. They looked like kind of like the Eagles have looked all year. Um, they, it seemed like they started 
smelling themselves, even though they're coming off a loss, they, they're coming off a loss at San Francisco and they had been playing pretty well. Eli looked confused. I don't know what, I, you know, it's hard to explain. It's just an NFC East game and it, it shows you that none of these teams are that good in the NFC East. It, nine and seven really could win this. And, and then, but then the, then the problem is this. All right, fine. The Eagles go nine and seven. Let's say they win the division. So what? What are they going to do then? They're going to beat Green Bay? Well, yeah. well, is anybody going to beat Green Bay, though? I mean, I, you know, I, I, they could beat every other team. I guess they could. Right. I mean, they could beat Green Bay. They could beat New Orleans, but they're probably not going to. They could beat they're New not Orleans. As good as the yeah. They could. Yeah, I mean, they beat New Orleans. They could beat San Francisco, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, don't, care. I don't care if San Francisco goes 15-1. and one. I'm not buying that they're that good. I just won't. I refuse to. They, <laughs> I, I can't. Well, just that they're that you can't beat them, or or that they're they're not they're they're not still inherently beatable. I don't care how good their defense is. I still I'm not buying it. I mean, and I don't watch them every week, but I still you know from afar I still don't buy it. Um, no, Alex Smith isn't very good. He's still not very good. Although the, he's obviously having a better season. But the, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be scared of San Francisco. Absolutely not. There was a um, and they're also leading up to the game last night. There were comments and. Take it, take it for what it's worth. I think Tim McManus said it that um, that the locker room before this game and the practices of this week seem to have a um, a different intensity level than practices the the rest of the year and the locker room the rest of the year. That they, um, you know, that for whatever reason, with <laughs> even though it feels like their backs have been against the wall for the last, you know, five weeks, um, for whatever reason, this week felt more intense and felt more different. Uh, I, I, who knows how much of that is real, uh, but he wasn't the only place that I heard it. So, I, you know, I, I don't know why it would take them to be three and six and within one <laughs> loss of, of well, I mean, what, the season, weeks ago, J- Jason Avant was talking about the same thing, right? And he didn't right. want anybody else in the bandwagon. They had their backs against the wall, and they lost to the Cardinals. So, I mean... Whatever I don't, I, yeah, I don't take that as worth anything. I, you know, and the whole Vince Young thing. I, it, it, the talk on Twitter is he's the new Tebow. Is that what he is? Does he just win? <laughs> well, I mean, his record as a starter coming into this game was thirty and seventeen, which is yeah, he has uh, some like thirteen or fourteen comebacks and forty-seven starts, where Vic has like eleven and ninety. Yeah, well, is Something, is um so that drive that drive that that won them the game is that um. You know, of the, I guess the three choices is Giants are terrible, and it was bound to happen at some point. They were bound to get it done. Or um, is it an indictment at all? And I'm not saying Vince Young should play instead of Michael Vick, because it really is amazing how many of Vince Young's bad passes we forgot about last night, and there were plenty <laughs> of bad passes. Not just the three interceptions. There were bad passes, but his... That fourth quarter drive, the whole season, we've been looking for, you know, one thing to happen in the fourth quarter, whether it be defense or offense, to prevent the other team from beating the Eagles in the fourth quarter. Um, and many times it's been the defense, and you pointed to the defense, but I had also said in the past that, look, Vicks had a chance in almost every one of these games at the end of the game to do something, and they never do anything. So is Vince Young able to do it last night? Is that a Does that show a difference between him and Mike Vick, or is it just coincidence? The difference maker had to be Riley Cooper, right? Riley Cooper was on the field. 
Well, I mean, yeah, he made, he made a couple I mean, of terrible yeah, plays. No, look, there's been, you know, Vic hasn't, has really escaped a lot of the heat because of, you know, that start of the season last year. And at some point you have, you have to look at him and he's not, he's not only not getting it done, but he's also making big mistakes at big times. So, you know, then again, so did Vince Young and the Eagles still managed to win that by, I don't know, I, to me it seemed more fortuitous or exactly like you said, like it had to ha- it was bound to happen to the Eagles eventually. Not necessarily that the Giants were bad, but they couldn't keep, you know, losing all the breaks in the fourth quarter. Like when Babin knocks that ball out, they fall on it this time. A lot of times in, in past games, they they would not have come up with that fumble and giant score, and then they keep going ahead. I, I, there are still major problems with the team. It's not like they looked lights out. It's not like this was the Cowboys game where you're like the light turned on and you're hoping that there's something to, to rally behind. This was an ugly, ugly win. Yeah. And the first half was as ugly a football as there's been all year in any game. Yeah, it was horrible. It reminded me of there was a Sunday night game with Baltimore earlier this year right. where it seemed like, you know, it was the same thing. It just looked like which team wanted to lose worse, which is, again, after that fourth quarter drive, it makes you kind of forget about the way, well, not you, <laughs> clearly, but but makes one forget about how bad the rest of the game was. The, the interesting thing about Young as well, though, was... Um, and you don't know if it was the offensive line or if, again, or if it shows something about Vic, but Young didn't get, like, hit last night very much. And I don't think he got sacked. I don't think he got sacked one time. He um, got sacked once, I think. Okay. There's, well, one, there's at least one. Um, there was definitely a difference, though. And I don't know if it's um, if it's Vic holding on to the ball too long and Young not doing that, or Young's much taller than Vic is, and maybe he sees the the reads quicker than than Vic does. Though I I'm not imagining he's a I don't think that he's ever been a um, sees the reads very quickly kind of guy. Um, and again, maybe it's chance, but um, in a year where it seems like. Mike Vick is getting pounded back there, and it didn't seem at all like Vince Young was getting pounded. You have to wonder if that's a difference, um, a quarterback difference rather than an offensive line difference. Maybe. I mean, yeah, you have a small sample size, right? So it's hard to know that. I It it didn't look – to me, when I'm watching Michael Vick run around for his life and I'm watching some of these offensive line breakdowns, you know, I, they definitely were better last night, but there there were some breakdowns, and – that's what you see a lot of times with Vic is that he's running for his life. It's hard to blame for me to blame that on Vic. I, I'll blame the interceptions on him. I'll blame the lack of fourth quarter, you know, comebacks or fourth quarter uh, drives on him. But but as far as the sacks, I, I I find it hard to blame him for that. Every year he's been in the league, he's been in the top three in sacks in being sacked. Yeah, but so has Ben. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. That, so I guess this, that's my take on it. It's not necessarily that. Maybe there are less fact, less sacks because Vic holds on to the ball. But I, I look at that as almost like a Roethlisberger thing. Like Roethlisberger holds on to the ball forever because he's just willing to take a hit and willing to wait for a play to happen. And I think that's an okay way to play football. If you're, if you're going to, then you have to accept the sacks, but then you have to start making the plays. That's where it's going wrong this year is that Vic's holding on to the ball and then not making plays afterwards. There's no one, he's not finding the open guy after he's waited that long, you know, to make up for the two or three more sacks. And Roethlisberger always seems to do that. Yeah, Vic, Vic has reminded me a lot of Roethlisberger in his Super Bowl wins. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, yeah, I get it. Yeah. 
um all right, I'm going to read a quote from you, and I'm imagining you've read this quote, but I'm not going to tell you who said it, and uh, okay, I, want, I want you to guess who said it, okay? Okay. For myself, what I love to do is come out here and help this team win games. Uh, the playmaker ability, just the spark, the energy I'm able to bring to this team, people don't really understand the light I bring and kind of shine on my teammates. The light? I, I mean, that's got to be Deshaun, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that. That sounds like Deshaun. <laughs> he shines a light on his teammates. He does. And people don't understand it. They really, they can't, as much as they, they read or see on TV, people can't really understand the light he brings and kinds of, kind of shines on his I, teammates. Look, he's, a, he's, he's five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, right? He's got to be crazy to play this game and get hit by the way he gets hit, you know? I don't. I don't have a problem with any of his attitude. I really don't. I, I get people who do, and I'm, I'm not defending losing a 50-yard play because you want to throw the ball at Perry Fuel. But you know that's kind of who Deshaun is, and you have to kind of take it with what else he brings you. Look at the, all the other plays he made in this game. The Eagles don't win this game without Deshaun Jackson, and they probably if Deshaun Jackson plays last week, they're probably you're probably really talking about the playoffs. He opens up the entire field for them, and I don't know that I would necessarily give him as much money as he's looking for because I don't think it's a good investment, but they're going to need to find an answer or a substitute for that going forward if they let him walk. Because you look at how they play with him off the field and the whole field closes up. Nothing's open like it is when Deshaun plays. Man, when did you become such a player apologist? I've, I'm amazed <laughs> by this. I mean... I think I always have been. I was a T.O. guy, too. Oh, okay. Well, he... Yeah. I mean, he... Well, I guess that doesn't surprise me in retrospect. He, <laughs> you, You're talking about the same guy. Like the, These are not small... Character issues, and I'm sure he's oh. a good person. But you're like, as a person, I'm sure Deshaun Jackson is a great guy. But you're talking <laughs> about a guy who, who is coming off, like there is something obviously we don't know. There is behavior obviously that we don't even know about, aside from the the late meeting that led to right. him not only not starting last week, but not even playing or being at the game. You're talking about. Whatever he's doing is coming after that, which is pretty egregious. Is pretty a, a terrible um, statement to his character or to his um, to his maturity. I just I can't believe that we're this many years into the Deshaun Jackson thing and we're still seeing plays negated by I, him being boy, a that's dummy. Is. Yeah. Look, these guys, they're not all going to be perfect team guys like we want them to be. They're not going to all play, you know, be the, the scratch. Look at a guy like, I come from the Bill Parcells school. Look at a guy like LT. LT, you know, we, we didn't hear about all this stuff because LT was, you know, in a different, lived in a different era, but he certainly wasn't showing up to every practice. He wasn't doing every, but he's a great playmaker, and you, you treat different people differently. And that's something I think Andy Reid has never done or done well enough or hit enough or whatever. I think they should have treated T.O. differently, and I think they need to treat Deshaun differently. That doesn't necessarily mean pay him as much as he's asking for, but when you have a talent like that, that is rare, and that opens up the entire game, and you know what? Sometimes character is overrated, to be honest. Like, sometimes talent wins, and if you let talent play, sometimes it wins, and 
I, I don't know. I, I want, everybody wants it to be this huge team game where, you know, like the kids from Hickory always beat the kids from Central, but that's not how pro sports works. You know, pro sports, talent wins out, and not, and not everybody who has all the talent is the greatest guy or greatest team player in the world. You know, if you have great team players around that, you can, you can work around it. Well, but I think there there are two things. There are two key things that I think you you miss in that. First is that you're making the assumption that they don't treat them differently, and I don't I don't believe that that's necessarily the case. I believe that um, both he and Terrell Owens got away with things that other people won't get away with, and it's just that we don't know that they happen. Um, now, just because eventually he gets in trouble for it, doesn't mean that up until that point he wasn't treated differently. Um, I, I, I don't know that that's the case. And as well, the, the major difference between Deshaun Jackson and I, I think the amount you let him get away with is directly correlated to how good they are. And he's good, but he's not Randy Moss, Terrell Owens good. He's not that guy. He's, I mean, he's a different kind of guy. You know, he's more of like a. He's a better. He's what the Bears always want Devin Hester to be. Is what exactly what he is, right? He's the guy who can make three or four huge plays that absolutely swing a game. And when you have two teams that are really close in talent, the guy, the team with the the more players who can make the big plays, that's the team that wins. I I think that you know if when this team lets Deshaun walk, because it seems almost inevitable now. Everybody's going to realize that that big playability was a big part of what made this offense explosive, although how explosive has it been this year? Not at all. So, Well, what's, uh, what stinks is is that I, if, if I were to guess, who he eventually signs with or is traded to and then signs with, he will end up signing a deal that if Rosenhaus had come to the Eagles talking about, they would have been more apt to talk to him. Like I don't think he's going to get crazy money somewhere else. But I feel like this relationship is going to sour or even has soured to a point where they won't be able to even get to that here. And the, uh, Rosenhaus will realize that he's not going to get you know, Fitzgerald uh, money somewhere else, but he'll realize that he has to take it, but it won't be here. And that's the disappointing thing. I think that's the, the, um, I think that's where he's hurt himself and Rosenhaus ultimately will hurt him is that he could have stayed here and it's a good situation for him. Um, because if somebody signs him expecting him to be the, like the number one option every game, they're going to be I mean, they must see the same things we see. They'll, they'll be sorely yeah. mistaken, and he. No, I don't. There's no way. Yeah. And and to throw on top of that the injury problems and the concussion problems, and the, who's going to invest, you know, sixty million dollars in this guy, eighty million dollars? No one. I I I can't imagine anyone doing it. Even you know, I I can't imagine it. Um, and then I just to get back to the defense for a second, the. The thing that seemed, aside from the, the big play at the right time, which was the Babin play, after it looked like they might blow it, after that huge Manning pass, after it looked like they might blow it, um, overall they looked like they they hit harder last night. It looked like they, maybe it's just the Cullen Jenkins hit sticking in my head, but they got to Manning plenty. It looked like, um, you know, the the defense that, we've seen only occasionally this year or only for halves kind of lasted the whole game. Yeah, they were able to balance a pass rush with um, 
stopping the run, which is something they haven't been able to do all season. And it, they looked they looked great. They looked how they were supposed to look, aside from you know Namdi Asimov getting beat by Victor Cruz. Uh, they looked you know they, we saw what we thought we'd see. Namdi um, Asimov is overrated. I'm f- I'm fine with saying that at this point. He was overrated coming into this year. Uh, well, I'll say he's having a bad year. I I I don't know if I'd say he's overrated. I, it seems like I'm not, and I'm not defending him at all. It just seems like all these guys look. They have these lapses. They get lost. Like the I was talking with with Tim McManus about this on Twitter last night. The the Larry Fitzgerald play apparently Asante Samuel was just in the wrong defense, and I there just seems to be this lack of focus and understanding across the entire defense where they just have these huge lapses that, you know, good defenses don't have. And I, again, it looked like Namdi was just sitting and maybe just was, it was one split second of lack of concentration where he sat down on a route and Victor Cruz just kept going and was wide open because of it. It, it, it almost looked like he was letting them go, but you could tell that that wasn't the defense they were in. Namdi had to stay with them there. Yeah, he, he got beat on another play, too, where uh, Manning overthrew the guy, I think, and, um, and it ended up, ended up not mattering. But he got beat. I just, regardless of how many different defenses they've been in, I just never expected to see him get beat as much as I, I feel like I've seen him get beat. Yeah, he's not having a good year. There's no getting around that. He's not, he would tell you that, I'm sure. Uh, well, but I, I, I overrated, so. I, I'll wait. Uh, I'll wait another year to let him get acclimated with the defense before I say that. But uh, uh, it's certainly a valid argument right now. Do you feel like the problem with Namdi Asama is that he is not in the right place to let Deshaun Jackson's light get shine? Get shine <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, he's he's in the dark right now. But but uh, you know, if he moves his locker down like two spaces, I think he'll get, come out of the shadows and really yeah. turn the season around. Yeah, maybe he's standing behind Danny Watkins or something who has the light, <laughs> the light clearly, clearly on him. Um, so who would have guessed it would only be the Eagles to lose? Um, consecutive games to um, the Bears and and then the Cardinals and then somehow beat the Giants and the Patriots in consecutive weeks. What are the chances that they beat the Patriots next week? Uh, I give them a. I'll give them a twenty. You know the Patriots play tonight, right? So it's a short week for yeah. them. I'll, I'll give. On the uh, road. I'll, I'll give the Eagles a. a Twenty-eight percent chance of winning this game, and that's with Young or Vic or either. Doesn't even matter. With either, it doesn't matter. They, <laughs> it, it, they, they're not going to outplay the Patriots. The Patriots are going to have to play down to them, which I think could happen on a short week, and you know, not really getting up for this game. I think, um, but I, I mean, if you're asking me to pick it, I'm going to take the Patriots. I think the, I think the only reason I feel like they need Vic is uh, I would be floored if somehow they score. I feel like they're going to need to score 30 points to beat the Patriots, and I guess I just... Now, of course, they, they couldn't score 20 against the Cardinals with Vic, but I feel like there's no possible way they'll score 30 points against the Patriots without Michael Vic. The good thing is the Patriots, you know, they they play the Eagles' strength. They have those tight ends, and the one thing the Eagles do well is cover <laughs> tight ends with linebackers. Right. That's, <laughs> I can't wait to watch um, uh, Keem Jordan. Gronkowski and, and, and yeah, Hernandez. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cover those guys. So 28% chance you give them a winning. And um, let's say uh, percent chance they win the division. Uh, that's got to be lower than that still. It's It's got to be like um, like... 
thirteen percent. Yeah. I gave him. Yeah, in my head, I had fifteen. So right. yeah. Well, yeah. I I'm the I think the most disappointing part of this week is that I didn't. I should have kept this podcast nameless um, long enough to all in podcast, all in or shine a light. The, those shine are, a light. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it was all in was fun last night. We didn't get a trending, but I had the yeah. I had the window open the whole time. There was a lot of all in going on last night. A lot. I, was, I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, when you have Vince Young throwing the Riley Cooper, you're all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lee. All right, thanks, take care. man. That does it for times yours today. You can uh, check Lee out on Twitter at Lee Russikoff. Uh, more of me at SpikeEskin.com.